Hey y'all, what's up? Thanks for listening to You Had Me at Black. I'm Brittany Abrahams, and I'm bringing you a story from Jordana. After the end of an important relationship, Jordana sunk into a dark place and stopped making music. One night at a party, she accepted a gift that pushed her in ways she never anticipated. Check it out. I want you to breathe all this in. This is You Had Me at Black, the podcast where black millennials tell true life stories. It's summer of 2016, and I am going through a relatively rough time. In my life, I had been working profusely as a musician and journalist, just getting off a book tour and ended up having to separate from some really important relationships that really devastated me at the time. So I moved into a dingy apartment in downtown Baltimore, and I really was just burying a lot of my feelings. But with that, I was being relatively social and certainly was surrounding myself with a support system. During that time, I was invited to a birthday party potluck, and I got there and it was a lot of dancing and conversation. So by the time the party was winding down, I was sitting at a table with a couple of other friends who were playing guitar. And there was one guitar being passed around between two friends who were at the table. And nonchalantly, the guitar gets passed to me. I took it and started playing. You know, quickly, very quickly, I got into the flow. It was almost like reuniting with my best friend. So I quickly fell into a comfortable place that I had forgotten. And I played the C chord, which is a very comfortable chord for me. And I can't remember what I was singing. I think I was just humming and I was singing a little French song that I like very much. And went in for maybe a minute had a beautiful, thick, moody sound. And it was a really nice guitar, not necessarily because it was expensive or fancy, but because it had a great tone. And then I opened my eyes slowly just to kind of see what was going on. And there were six humans standing in front of me. They go, wow, Jordana. And they were just like, you need to play a gig? We'll give you a guitar. For me, at that very moment, I had a choice to say no or to accept the gift. I did have apprehension to say yes because I didn't even realize what I was doing when that guitar was passing me and I stretched my arms out and I took it into my hands. But I was so humbled by everybody's reaction and I made a choice to accept the guitar because I knew it was important to my friends. And when I went into that little trance, it was a comfortable place. So it definitely did take a bit of personal vulnerability for me to say, okay. It took even more vulnerability for me to pursue the guitar because my friend had to put strings on it. 
in any acoustic player, you know, when you get acoustic, every acoustic guitar has a different tone and has a different personality. After the party ended, I went home and a few days later, I followed up and texted my friend and said, hey, you know, I'd like to pick up the guitar. I go back over to the house and we go upstairs to look at the guitar and to service it. So my friend goes through drawer after drawer, you know, cabinet, under the bed, you know, all this stuff, looking for strings, and he could have sworn he had strings. That's his girlfriend. She's like, we don't have, there's no strings here. And, he, you know, of course, you have the couple where it's like, I know I saw them. And she's like, they're not here. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, so finally he gives up, and we have to try again. So I go to a little shop downtown in Baltimore called Brothers Music with a friend of mine. So now I'm investing money into this situation just because I had sat down at a table and outstretched my hand when a guitar was passed to me. But I felt I needed a guitar around me even if I didn't feel like I was gonna play professionally again. At that point, I had not planned on playing professionally again. It's just nice to have something in the house as a singer and as a writer. I was really private about my pain. I don't think anybody really knew how deep it was. And I had told my friends what was going on. And they were like, oh shit, that sucks. And it doesn't mean that they didn't empathize for me, but I just had to continue on. <laughs> so I thought that the process was, was very sweet and it brought some of us together. So, you know, I, I went with it, anything to have some fun. So a few days after we failed the first attempt to string the guitar, I decide out of nowhere to walk to see a chastity belt show. Now, during this time, I was going out a lot. I wasn't dating, but I was going out a lot just to kind of make sure I had a support system around me and to just keep my morale up. I ran into a friend who I knew a year ago who was very close friends with a person that I cared for and separated from. And literally within a 30-second conversation, he offers to print 300 vinyls of my music. And I said, okay. And I'm like, I just got a record deal. When I see patterns or when I see connections, coincidences, or synchronicity, I decide to follow the path, just maybe just for shits and giggles, to say, hey, where is this going to take me? Because this is kind of cool. Like, hey, you know, maybe my life, maybe the universe is trying to tell me something. So the next step was to go into the studio. So I had to write a song. And that came to me while walking down the street in my neighborhood. Every day I go and I walk and I meander and daydream. And this song, the words, literally the words in the first chorus in the hook came into my head. I didn't play it like I should. I didn't play it like I could. I didn't do everything right. Could have been more polite. And I've been around. I've been around. And I've played myself into the ground. I didn't play it like I could. Right? The whole thing. That was literally, and I was like, oh, that's great. 
it reminded me of this loungy like Lee Hazelwood Frank Sinatra like type of thing so I stop in the middle of the sidewalk and I record it and I sing it over and I take it into the studio so I'm in the studio and things go really well it takes about three or four sessions for us to complete throughout this time I do start realizing there's always this level of internal struggle so I emailed Dave the amazing songwriter I was just like you know this music is changing my life and Dave was just like you know how Malcolm X said we didn't fall on Plymouth Rock Plymouth Rock fell on us but it came upon me so I a don't know what it wants what to give it why it's here and you know I'm feeling resentful I'm feeling stressed out I started feeling kind of, what is this for? And what is this music trying to do? What is it saying to me? Because I don't know if I want this. And that's where, you know, the elder musician was just like, just do what you have to do, make your decisions and push through. So at that moment, the pressure and the resentfulness left. So the record deal turns into a tour management deal and I decide to go on tour I decide to go on tour the opportunity came when I booked a ticket to Berlin for my birthday and I had just messaged some friends you know I said well you know hey why don't I make a little bit of cash while I'm out there again I'm a workaholic I'm a weirdo and friend of mine in Poland Warsaw Poland was like yeah come out play a show I said cool word I ended up getting a gig in Warsaw, in Munich, which I I did have to later cancel, but it was an honor to get offered that. And I got a lecture opportunity at the University of Leicester in UK, which is two hours outside of London. So I said, okay, cool, let's do this. I booked a number of local events, writing lectures, one music gig, and decided to go to the Bay Area, which is my second home. So I was able to seamlessly kind of book a number of events pretty quickly. And it got bigger and bigger (laughs) and bigger and bigger as opportunities started to roll in. How did the opportunities start rolling in? It really is that level of when I put myself out there and make it clear that I'm ready, people are very loving. So I felt very supported, and I've always had a following in Europe and was never able to go out there. So it came together all because I accepted a guitar. Literally. All because I allowed music back into my life. I do consider that probably to this date, I've done a lot of things, but that was probably one of the bravest things that I've done. And the point of me telling this story is to particularly encourage the black community that friendship is real and that we as a very prideful culture need to learn how to say yes sometimes especially black women we're so strong we don't want to admit that we need help and that we're hurting and sometimes all humans we repress ourselves and we get stuck because of a heartbreak or because of something that has hurt our self-esteem or our self 
worth. So the process that I went through was a path of the heart and learning how to open my heart. And I had to open my heart and myself up to a number of people and opportunities to bring true growth into my life. Thanks for listening to You Had Me at Black. Be sure to check out this episode's description for musical credits. And if you like what you just heard, head to youhadmeatblack.com slash b-side to subscribe to our newsletter and unlock access to exclusive videos, behind-the-scenes interviews, and specially curated music. That's youhadmeatblack.com slash b-side. Peace.